Welcome back to the I Drink From Skulls podcast. We have legend Billy Moore with us for part two, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Let's go. I drink from skulls. Drink from the skulls of my enemies. And I'd love to focus on, go back a little bit and, and talk about how you, you retired at 28. You, you made a, the decision there. You had your reasons, obviously. And then went into the world of business and got into hospitality. And since you've started a, a very successful restaurant or Jellos. So I'd love to sort of talk a little bit about that, mate. That's a great question. So, yeah, I retired early at 28. I went to Sydney University and got a, a degree in physiology. Mum wasn't sure I was going to make it in footy. So I said to her, look, I didn't need to do anything else. I was on a big contract, a three-year contract. She goes, your contract's a hunk. It was $1,500 a year. She goes, you're going to do something else. So I went to Sydney Uni and my other passion is to, be, is to learn. I love learning. I love to try and work out what you know that I don't. Because you've had your journey in life. You've had your learns. So I love to try and pick from you what is taking you your whole life take it from you and put it in the billy moore machine makes it bigger stronger faster smarter so i've always had that passion and it hasn't changed as a 52 year old i still every day look to learn who knows something that i don't so at 28 my club went insolvent super league war happened reconciliation uh, i actually got sick i got pneumonia and by the time i come out of that the bears were gone they were bankrupt kicked out of the comp I had an opportunity to play on three clubs in Australia and one overseas, but decided that I wasn't going to do that. I wanted to be a one-club man, and I thought, well, I'll walk away from rugby league. I was going to play until I was 35. Had planned it out, but it changed within half a year. Anyway, I jumped out of rugby league into hospitality. Stumbled, actually. Didn't really jump. Stumbled out. This is probably a, a good uh, storyline for people to realise that um, it, I struggled. For a couple of years, so I ended up uh, losing a lot of money, got divorced. I was uncharted waters, and I, I, I lost my rudder. Uh, I moved away from, obviously, the North Sydney crew, jumped into hospitality, and had to try and learn something brand new. And one thing I pass on to people, that learn I had was very painful, very tough. One thing I did do, which I recommend you never do, is I, I, I lost my mentors. I lost people to lean on. I lost people to ask advice. I actually got embarrassed for how quickly I fell and I, I shut down and, and turned off from people who, who would have helped me, but I didn't want to embarrass myself because I'd fallen that far. So I spent a couple of years and eventually I turned the corner. It was a great thing that I learned and I passed on to people, you've got to keep talking. You've got to ask. If you're lost, find someone who will tell you the truth because the house is built on stone, as I said earlier on. You need to go and talk to someone and talk to people that you can lean on and trust. And they might say, hey, you're wrong. Don't go down that way. Don't this way. So I got involved with the wrong people. And eventually I hit the bottom and I turned my life around. And I look now at Billy Moore, the restaurateur that you're, that you're listening to now. I'm more proud of him than I was Billy Moore, the rugby league, because I basically had hit the peak. And then I hit the, the valley in the, at the bottom. And it took a while to turn it around, but I did. And I love to, to let people know that, you know, if you talk, you can find a way out of the darkness. And I did. So I ended up building a restaurant called English was my first one. I learned the lessons of life in there. Um, took me seven years to escape that one. Got out, did five years of hospitality, corporate speaking. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to go into Orgello's, uh, which had been going 17 years. And at that point, I'd already won three world and five Australian pizza titles, of which I had nothing to do, but I, 
Well, I'll lay claim to And that's where I learned what I had done wrong at Earth. And that's where I, I learned the four things. I was able to watch how this machine worked and I realized transition between sport and business and what made Orgello so great. The learn of Earth was showing up through the brightness of the success of Orgello's. And it was a great experience. Simon Best, the owner and, and there, and I have been business partners for 12 years. And it's a wonderful business because we know we don't deserve success. Even after 28 years, we've still got to go and earn it because the business world is not a place to tread lightly. It is a place which often isn't fair. It's often a place where it's not what you do, it's who you know. So you've got to be diligent to make sure you respect the one percenters each and every day to keep earning it. So I ended up doing hospitality. It wasn't something I'd planned on, but um, I moved away from the goldfish bowl of rugby league and I enjoyed popping my head back into the bowl as a commentator now. Obviously watching my sons play. But um, the the world for me now is is has been enjoyed because of the learns I have of, of all those teams' experience. That's amazing, mate. And then to, to bounce back from the toughest of tough times in terms of business relationship breakdown and to keep fighting whilst there would have been some very dark days there and to rebuild and take those lessons and and turn it into what you have today um, is such a powerful message uh, for for anyone. Well, it just shows you, it's not the fact you get knocked down in the camps. It's the fact you get back up again, as long as you keep wanting to get up. And there's nothing better to get up with. Someone help giving you help in hand as well. And so that's why I always say to people, surround yourself with mentors. Surround yourself with people who will say, no, that's not right. I don't think that's the right, you know, the right person, the right equation. You need to have those sort of mentors in your life. It can just give you a balance. And you also will realize too, when you pick yourself up off the floor, you realize what's important to you. And you realize the people that are important to you. And those that you thought might have been important, Pretty well weren't. They were just there for different reasons. So there are always positives. There are always learns in life. And as I said, I'm addicted to the learn. Always looking for one. I have that same sort of mindset, mate. It's I think it's the only way to be. How do you go about getting the balance right? So you've got two sons, did you say? Yep. Two boys. How old are they? Uh, 14 and 17. Yeah, wow. They're going through the uh, those lovely teenage years. Yeah. Are they chip off dads like the old block? Yeah, respectful of the the, uh, the the good young men. Uh they enjoy life. So the most important thing I want for them is to enjoy life and, 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 and to stack the marrow out of life. Billy Billy Moore at fifty two, one thing hasn't changed from the boy from all ago. Is there still so much more I want to see and do and learn? So I want them to have the thirst to learn. Um that's the most important quality I want to give them. And to be respectful, respectful of people, of life, of culture, whatever it is. They just have, have the word respect attached to their name. And people go, he's a nice, respectful young man. That, that to me, I've done my job. Yeah, that's great, man. How do you find getting uh, the, t- like, you're a very busy guy, hospitality, business owner, commentary, no doubt, traveling and property. How do you find the time to invest in your boys, which is, for me, investing in my my girls is the that time that there's nothing better in life but how do you find the balance like how do you get that right that's a great question i chatted to a guy once at a lounge business lounge at an airport and i asked him that question because this guy was traveling 200 days of the year how do you get the balance you travel so much he goes the moment i walk through that door i'm 100 percent present the phone's gone i'm not answering emails or texts 
I'm 100% present. So it doesn't matter how much time you're away or how much time you are home. It's how much of that time you're at home is 100% present. Because often people are there, but they're still not. So you've got to make quality, not quantity, if you're a busy person. And that's the reality. If you want to stay busy and you need to be busy because that's that's your passion, that's your functional life, so be it. If those people want to get true balance, my one bit of advice is when you are home, you're 100% home. And if that problem, trust me, it can wait to tomorrow. That issue can wait for tomorrow. And the key there is if you're a, a leader, make sure you've got the right people the bus. And I love the saying, power by empowerment. If you've got someone who's inside your business and you want them to do a job, you have authority, have control, well, empower them by giving them the power. Don't micromanage. There's your job. Go and do it. We'll know whether you've done the right or wrong job and I'll let you know about that. But by having people do their job, that then frees you up to use your skills elsewhere, grow the business, but also... The key moment, I believe, for any person as a family, you've got to have family life, give stability. So when you're at home, be 100% at home, enjoy the, those moments with your family and your kids where if you weren't paying attention, you, you didn't slip. But because you're 100% present, however many days of the week or the month it is, then that's the way to keep balance. Nothing more empowering or like being intentional with that time. When when you get home, they know you are theirs. You're there for them. You want to you want to be with them. Because then when you go to work, you won't feel guilty. You 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 can focus on work, and you'll be into, you'll have the same type of mentality. You'll be highly intentional whilst you're at work. And it's it's good about creating those types of boundaries. Hey, well that thing there too. You, what you create is the confidence that dad's going to be home, and when he's home, he's home. Because if all of a sudden dad takes off again, or without showing any sort of love, respect, or interest, then the confidence of the family will be, oh, is he going to be present or is he not? Is he going to care or is he not? Where you, you set those boundaries, as you said, black or white, when I'm home, I'm 100% home. Yeah, I think that's great, mate. Tough and a challenge for some of the people like myself and that uh, as we work from home, but who cares? it's an excuse. You've got to find a way to make it work. There's strategies for that. Yes. Even if it's as simple as me walking out the door, going down the driveway, walking back in, that's what I've got to do. That's that's what needs to happen. Yes. Mate, I want to talk a little bit about, I would imagine it would have been one of the most challenging times uh, in business, being in hospitality, uh, 2020, 2021, these weird, crazy bullshit years where, you know, you, you had to live it, breathe it, you had staff, your your team just dealing with shutdowns and, and everything else. How did you manage to go through that? I'd love to share some insights on, on that. I didn't think at 50, when I do my small business talks, I had to add something to the talk. I thought I'd seen most things. COVID come along. I've actually got, got an extra little segment to my talks. What did COVID teach Billy Moore? What were the learns? Two key things came out of COVID for me. Firstly, the we lost 250,000 HR people inside the hospitality industry because they went home. They went back overseas and they couldn't come back. So what all Jellos did, and some other businesses did similar, some threw their hands up, but for us, we decided the most important thing to future-proof our business, and actually in the end, it was the best thing for our business, was we created our own. We really cultivated a training program inside the business. So at one stage, we got 
let's say 50 staff, 48 staff. We had 24 juniors under A-League working for us over those two years. Uh, prior to COVID, we had backpackers who came in and they were obviously moving around Australia, but they were already trained and it was, it was easy to just employ them. So during COVID, we didn't have those people and, and we had to really work out, well, we needed them, so we had to, we started to develop our own. So having a, a very strong HR program inside your business, which looks to create your own, it future-proofs the business, but also they've got no luggage in the sense that the people that come in, they don't have any baggage, so you, you teach them from the ground up. There's some toughness there. You know, and, and one thing we did learn there is a quick no is better than a long, drawn-out no. You've got to work out the ones on the bus are the right ones. And the longer you delay the decision to get them off the bus, the more it's going to hurt, the more it's going to waste everyone's time. So you do need to have that little bit of brutality in your HR and making sure you filter to get on the bus and you also filter to take them back off if they look like they're not going to develop the way they should or they don't have the respect for your business. I'll, I'll call it three Ps. So ask me about the three Ps later on. Three things I ask my staff to pack in their bags to come to work at Orgello's. But that was lesson one was HR. Lesson two, stay in your lane. Stop trying to be everything to everybody. We grew Orgello's bottom line by growing the top line. We were trying to bolt on extra parts to our business. We were doing we started doing breakfasts. We started doing larger functions. We had an outdoor dining area. We had won three world and five Australian pizza tiles because we do the best pizzas on the planet and I'll go in any pizza challenge with any of your listeners. If they want to come up to Orgello's, let's have a cook-off. So I don't, I don't show arrogance. I just show belief and I know what we do, right? So we got rid of the breakfast because we didn't have enough chefs. We got rid of the outdoor area because we didn't have enough floor staff. We stopped making coffees because it wasn't us. And what we did is we did what we do well. And our staff enjoyed it because they weren't doing something they weren't really good at. They weren't passionate about breakfast. It stretched our workforce too thin and it was something we weren't good at. So we decided we cut away those parts of our business and we focused on what we were good at and we charge accordingly. When you come to Orgello's, you will not get the cheapest pizza. Our pizzas are quite expensive, but the pizza you have is that good. The toppings are that fresh. There's that much of it that actually you walk out going, wow, that pizza, which was a large hot smoked salmon, will be the greatest pizza that you ever have. And it's worth 40 bucks. But you and I would share it because it's that big. There's that much on it. So that's fact, you spent 20 bucks each. So people go, 40 bucks for pizza is quite expensive. No, it's expensive if the pizza's shit. But ours are. Ours are good. Why? We make it with love, we make it with passion, and we know we've got to earn your respect to come back in. So COVID taught Billy Moore the value and importance of HR and internalizing it. And secondly, do what you do well. Stay in your lane and make sure what you deliver is quality product, which is charged accordingly. You, you developed your own talent. You got to teach them your ways, your Jello's ways, build them into your culture, make sure they're the right fit, they're the right person. No doubt you've taught them skills because they're coming from the ground up. Do you see a lot of businesses investing in, in like, it's not easy, 
the easy option is to just find someone who's already got experience and then there's other challenges and problems with that. But do you see that as, as being an area a lot of businesses overlook? Well, they're able to, able, to look, able to overlook it based on how accessible the solution is. When there's no necessity is the mother of all invention. If there's no solution, you have to find one and usually it's the harder one and that was creating your own staff. Backpackers have started to come back into the world uh, and now, honestly, maybe over two years or three years of COVID, we had zero resumes dropped in zero. We normally pre-COVID been 10 a week. We're now going back to probably five a week. So they're coming back on. So as they come back on, you will go, wait on, what's the load here? Yep, yep. If, if, you're, if you're the right fit on the bus, we'll take you, but we'll never stop having our own HR training program as well. So it's a blend. And obviously, COVID, if it ever did happen again, we'd go, wait on, ah, we know, we know the load here. You'd, you'd reinvigorate your HR, put on steroids again. But at the moment, we've actually got to learn where we've got the balance of making sure we get the right people on the bus that, that come into us from the backpacker area. But we're never, ever going to totally move away from creating our own as well. So we've got this duality, which gives us more security in, in our workforce. How did you recognize that, you know, you were stretched too thin, doing, trying to do everything, um, and it just wasn't working for you? How did the decision get made to... Keep it simple. Focus on what you guys are the, are the best at. How did that all play out? We looked at our bottom line and realized we weren't making any money. And we thought, well, we have to start to, to, to find a way to make more money. And what parts of our business weren't actually delivering the finest reward we wanted because we were putting the effort in. We are putting the love in, the passion in. Yeah. So what, what we worked out is... The return on breakfast, spend per head, the amount of work that went into it, the stress that went into it, it just wasn't worth it because we were doing breakfast, but so were 50 other restaurants inside three blocks. There was 40 that did lunches and only 10 did dinners. And the spend per head at dinner was three times breakfast. Go figure. Plus, at breakfast, you tell me how to cook the food. I want my eggs half poached. I want crispy bacon. I don't want tomato, but I want this. I want that. I want milk. Can I have a skinny mocha on oat milk with extra froth, please? So we decided that, no, the customer wasn't always right. We actually wanted to say, hey, there's the flag pole in the ground. This is all jellos. This is what we do. We do pizzas and pasta and risottos. We're gourmet, modern Italian, and we realised that our staff would be happier doing what they really love doing, and that was that Italian food. They will also be happier because they can see the customers. Ones who come to us buy into, they've been coming for 20 years, and they had the same cabanara, same bolognese, the same pizza, a bit supreme or jealous pizza. They're, they're bought into it. We're talking to the converted. So I think the staff really feel the passion and love from the customer as well. So for us, it was like financially, it, it made sense. Um, and then from an emotional stability point of view of, of the workforce, it made sense to do it as well. My, my lessons I, I pass on to people is, you know, what actually do you do in your business? What do you do well? Keep doing it and charge accordingly. Absolutely. It's interesting you share. Like I, I came for my birthday this year in April. Um, my wife and I and my little girl came up uh, to the sunny coast. It was horrible weather, rained horribly. 
but and, and you guys were booked out as you most likely are every Saturday um, because people want to go there. They're lining up to go there most nights, I would imagine. Uh, but the experience I got, it was an easy night to to not do the one percenters, and you guys crushed it. Yeah, like the lineup was big, but every person in the lineup was was approached. They were made to feel welcome, including myself. They were made to feel warm. It was not easy to do. Do you do much work with the team to to for that culture to shine through, or is it like how did you get it so dialed in on a like it, it should have been a fail, but you crushed it? I don't know if there's a question in there, but firstly, thank you. For relaying your experience, and I'm glad it was positive. We want everything to be positive, but we know sometimes we can't. And if we drop the ball, we want to know how it was dropped, why it was dropped, and we want to rectify it. What we've created now as a team, because we we respect the fact that one percenters can't be overlooked, and we want to be already better tomorrow than I was today. That's the more philosophy. How can we be better tomorrow than I am today? The only way you can do that is you got to build your house and set on stone. You got to worry about the one percenters. All those four things that great teams do that I've mentioned, communication, know your job, making sure the right people on the bus, it actually, it's not self-perpetuating, but it's easier to put the polish on it because everybody's encouraged to talk and watch and learn stuff. They can see, see it being done the right way. And if anything gets done the wrong way, it shows up quickly and we nip it in the butt because that's not the old jello's way. But in saying that, we don't disrespect or think it's going to happen. We know we don't deserve you to say that. We've got to earn the right to have you just say what you just said. I could that shone through that night because it was, it was an easy one to look the other way or you know wind and rain and everything. But every single person had a smile on their face and was taken care of, whilst you were packed out and busy. So, not easy to do. So yeah, that's fantastic. Going to ask about the three P's. Something you inst- like you ask your team members to bring with them uh, to to work and. Love to hear about that. Always into what we're just talking about there. Um, the three P's. That's what I ask my staff to bring to work every day because Billy Moore brings them as well. First one is pride. Bring pride to work. Bring pride the way you dress, the way you turn up. You know, you're there early. You're there to learn. You're in the right frame of mind. Whatever problems you've got in your life, you're leaving at the door before you come into all jealous. It's, it's an oasis. It's a place where you can come and whatever problems you've got outside, they're not inside or jealous. Where there's the oasis to take that away, but you've got to bring pride. If you don't have pride in yourself, pride in your work, people don't buy people who don't have pride. Second thing I ask them to bring is passion. If you don't have passion to come to Orgello's, then don't come. I don't want you there. I want you to come through the door excited, ready to learn, ready to have fun, ready to interact with the customers, to be my ambassador for my product. Have some passion. Because I believe in life. If you don't live with you don't live with passion, Maddie, you're not alive. Go out and find your passion. You're only going to get one crack at this. So go and find the passion. Third thing I ask, and this is the most important thing. This is what sells. Say you sell yourself and sell your business. Bring your personality. Not someone else's. I don't want someone else's person. I want yours. You come to work with that personality. That is what you're going to use to sell yourself, sell my business, sell my food. That's what I need you to do. Bring your pride, bring your passion, and bring your personality. They do that. You got a job. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. Is that something you notice? Like you, you know, you you local sunny coast. Is that something you notice a lot of staff and things that we, you know, you're out shopping and you see those. You you identify very quickly those things aren't happening in a lot of businesses. It's um, I certainly do. 
Do you, do you feel that's a, a leadership issue? They don't care. They're not showing up themselves. Yeah, it's a great question. You, you see it. You see it a lot, especially in hospitality, because sometimes, majority of times, in Australia, hospitality is a is a stepping stone to something else. You, you, you're doing this to, to pay the bills while you're doing some other pursuit in life, which I understand. So that gives a recipe for not having those three Ps. So what's really important is the leadership group need to make sure that, hey, we understand you, this might be a secondary job for you or you know, it's a stepping stone, but yep. you still got to pack in your bag to come to work in the backpack since the three Ps and you've got to create the environment where, hey, this is a non-negotiable. This is what you have to have in that bag to have a job in this premises. Because if you don't make sure it's packed in, the, in their backpack, you won't be packing someone else's. And before you know it, all of a sudden, the standards you want won't be obtained. It'll slide. And it's one of those things that spreads. It'll spread like a, like a cancer. I think it's, it's, it's so powerful. And, you know, as business owners, as people with – everyone has shit going on in their life. Like, that's just a fact that we all do. And, of course, we don't feel like doing some of those things all the time, but we have to do it no matter what black and white, like you said. The reality is a couple of things. Life's not meant to be easy, they say. You can make it a lot harder for yourself than you need to. It's hard to be successful because if it wasn't, everyone would be successful. So you've got to fight for it. You've got to give yourself the best chance to win. And things that we've spoken about over this two episodes are the things that Billy Moore knows. Not only do I believe it, I know. That is the difference that made Billy Moore go from Wollongong to play for Australia. But then to recover after he hit rock bottom at 28 to now be sitting here talking to you, passing on some very proud birds. Yeah. I know that those things in these two, this hour, these two programs are the things that I believe in and I'll tell them to the day I die. This is what I believe works. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, mate. You're, you've been wildly successful, had every, every challenge, every reason not to be uh, put in front of you. And those beliefs just shine through. It's very evident. You act on them every day. That's who you are. That's how you roll. And I just love that. We're very lucky to have learned these lessons today. Um, is there any questions you feel I should have asked you but didn't? Didn't do my job well enough. Is there anything I should have asked, Billy? I'll give you a wonderful shot with, mate. My favorite saying. And it's changed over time. But the saying is a 52-year-old that I love. The tragedy of life is not death, but what we let die inside of us while we're still alive don't leave anything in your life that you haven't lived go and live it that's that's how we need to end today's show mate that was super powerful couldn't be a better message than that if people want to experience or jellos your jellos way the best pizzas in all the land i can put my hand on my heart and say that that's the experience i've had you've got the awards to back it up where do they go how do they get in contact beautiful well uh or jellos um on obviously the website, A-U-G-E-L-L-O-S or Jellos. Uh, but we're obviously the business is in Malulaba, overlooking um, beautiful Malulaba Bay. So come along and I'll say to your wonderful listeners, hand on heart, I promise I won't cook. I've got six chefs, they'll do that for you. Well, thank you very much, Billy. You've been absolutely fantastic. Some of the best lessons you've shared today. I've, I've made many notes as we've gone along. Very powerful and uh, super grateful to have you along today, mate. Thank you very much. Mate, enjoy the journey. Keep on learning.